0: Chicken on a stick. Hi, I'm Patrick.
1: I'm Maggie.
0: And we are Chicken on a Stick. Welcome back to another episode of Chicken on a Stick.
1: Welcome, welcome.
0: Today we're talking about uh, a movie of my choice, which kind of was a last minute thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, During our most recent stream, we went and saw the most recently released, as of time of recording, Wes Anderson film, Asteroid City. And during our talk, uh, we brought up The Life Aquatic, and Maggie said, oh, I still want to see that. Yeah. So then I was like... Perfect. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Easy enough. So we're talking about The Life Aquatic uh, with Steve Zissou, uh, or of Steve Zissou. And, yeah, we'll be right back. The falling. It's going to rain in five minutes. we got to be quick.
1: But where are they? Unknown. Split into two groups. I'll take Ned, Ogata, and Wolodarsky. Thanks. Thanks a lot for not picking me. What? We're smack in the middle of a lightning strike rescue op, Klaus. What's the deal? I'm sick of being on B-Squad. Listen, you may be on B-Squad, but you're the B-Squad leader. Don't you know me and Esteban always thought of you as our baby brother? I've always thought of you two as my dads. Please don't let anyone make fun of me for saying so. I can't guarantee that, Klausie, but I'll
0: try. Can we get on with the maneuvers now? Okay, and just to correct myself, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. With. I always say back and forth between with and of, and it's with Steve Zissou.
1: Also, this entire time, I don't know why, maybe I just, I always read the title of the movie I never heard anyone really say it out loud, but I always thought that it was pronounced Steve Zissou. Like something very... <laughs> like really French? Yes, Steve Zissou. And uh, just to hear it go, Zissou. I was like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that... That actually, because
1: I was thinking like Jacques Cousteau.
0: Well, that's who his character is based on. Right. So it could make sense that you could read it that way. Yeah. And the point is like it kind of looks that way, but it's just Zisu. Zisu. Like there's nothing fancy or right. French about it. But he is he is for those who don't know, uh, the movie is sort of a parody homage to French diving pioneer Jacques Cousteau, uh, to whom the film is also dedicated. Uh, But a little information about the actual movie, it's a 2004 adventure comedy drama film written by Wes Anderson and Noah Baumbach, which I don't think, it's been a long time since I've watched this, it's been many, many years since I've watched this movie, so realizing now that it was co-wrote by Noah Baumbach, I understand why I actually like it so much more. Maybe why I like it a little bit more than the average person, because... Uh, I've loved all of his... I like everything I've watched of Wes's, but I also have liked everything I've watched of Bombok's, too. Um, Speaking of, uh, Greta Gerwig has Barbie coming out in July, which uh, she's married to Noah Bombok, and he also co-wrote Barbie with her. So I'm also very much looking forward to that. I'm very looking forward to that. Uh, Anyway, that's very off-topic. Life Aquatic was Anderson's fourth feature-length film, uh, was released on Christmas Day in 2004. Was
1: it really a Christmas mm-hmm. movie? That's funny. But it
0: is directed by Wes Anderson, written by Wes Anderson, co-written by Noah Baumbach, uh, s- has a huge starring cast, like all of Wes Anderson's mm-hmm. movies do. Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Kate Blanchett, uh, Angelica Houston, Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, um and and more. But those are yeah. sort of all the kind of headliners. That
1: I I love that his movies just do always have such a cool mixed bag of of actors and actresses. Yeah. Really fun. And that he also does a good job in in some of his movies, especially in the most recent one that we watched, you you already got a, a big cast, but then he sometimes will sneak in an extra, you know, person that you, didn't, that you didn't know was going to be in the movie. Yeah. Like a little, little surprise treat.
0: Um, so when the movie was released, it came out to mixed reviews and is considered a box office flop. It had a budget of $50 million, roughly, and from domestic and international showings, it only made about $34.8 million. Really? So it didn't even make its budget back.
1: Wow.
0: Um, since its release, it has gone on to be recognized sort of as kind of a cult classic, and yeah. kind of garnered a little bit of a following. I would say that I, I uh, attribute that to how I first saw it, mm-hmm. which was, uh, I can't tell you the exact year, but if this movie came out in 2004, I'm going to guess it had to have been 2006, 2007, yeah. 2008-ish. Uh, where Comedy Central would play this movie all the time.
1: Really?
0: All the time. It was always on Comedy Central playing, and that's how I saw, I feel like I saw like a snippet of it at one point, and I was like, what is this? And just like, I just had the TV on in the background or something, and then uh, it caught my attention, and then the next time it was on, I actually like watched the whole thing, the and I was through. like, this movie's great.
1: <laughs> that's funny, I didn't know
0: about that. Uh the movie since then is also was remastered and re-released by the Criterion Collection in 2014. Um, that is what we watched on, is the <laughs> Criterion Blu-ray uh, release of it. Um, I have I think all of his movies that have been released on,
1: on Criterion?
0: Maybe. I, I, Do have I don't have Isle of Dogs? Dogs. Yes. I don't oh, have Isle of is- Dogs but I'm not, I assume Isle of Dogs has been, but I'm not sure. So I have Doesn't also happen.
1: not seen that one.
0: Um, anyway, so that's sort of my history with this. Oh, actually, there is one other fun thing I wanted to point out, which I also did not know until this viewing, and I almost would not have caught it because I turned my head away when the credits were rolling, Mm -hmm. but I caught out of the peripheral of my eye a name, and I was like, did that just say what I think it said? Yeah. Henry Selleck worked on this movie... Uh, As an animator, I think that is all uh, he is credited as. Let me pull it up, actually. Um, I have many. Um, Yeah, so he's credited as, as, like, did animation for this movie. Mm -hmm. Henry Selick, if you just don't know him by name, uh, very well known for directing many stop-motion animation films, many successful ones. In fact... Arguably one of the most successful ones ever made, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, um so he does a lot of that work, which makes so much sense cool. watching this movie and knowing that there's a number of times that there are, like there's aquatic life that mm. is definitely animated or like stop motion y looking. Yeah. And it makes way more sense that somebody who has like a career in that field was attached.
1: That's so cool. I love that.
0: So that was interesting to learn. That's fun. Uh, so, anyway, into the movie itself. Yeah. Uh, we'll just kind of go through the movie like always and talk about it and then go from there.
1: Yeah, and I never, I mean, unlike you, I didn't really have a a pass with the movie. I, I knew of it when it came out, but for whatever reason didn't ever get around to watching it. Um... I didn't watch uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox until much later, like way, way after it had already come out and stuff. And I kind of didn't like it at first, but then I watched it again and then I really liked it. I think the stop motion thing was was weird for me at first, but um, then I ended up loving it. So I had always heard of this movie, really wanted to see it because I, I do love um, Bill Murray and the cast. So I'm glad that I finally got to see it.
0: Okay. There we go. So the movie opens, and we're at a film premiere in a very, like, swanky-looking theater, Uh, like an old theater sort of thing that you'd you'd think more of, like, you're going to see a play in this with that big seating, and they've got the, um, whatever they call those things that are on the the boxes on the walls, like the presidential suite, or wherever wherever Abraham Lincoln got assassinated. Whatever (laughs) they call those things. Yeah. Um, But it's an old-timey-looking theater, and the movie that's being premiered is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And it's chapter one, and it's about running into the jaguar shark. Uh, And you can kind of tell, this is sort of a big deal. Um, Again, it's a documentary about this unheard of creature and we get introduced to sort of the crew uh, it's being narrated by Steve himself played by Bill Murray and we're introduced to a bunch of diff- different crew members Klaus uh, some of the other members they took on a bunch of interns who are unpaid yeah. um, Angelica Houston is his like n- kind of estranged not really estranged wife mm-hmm. um and they're on the ship called the Belafonte, and it's the, as said in the, in his monologue, basically, it's the most ambitious adventure of date, and it would end in tragedy. Right. So we're kind of just seeing this thing, and oh, the one other thing to kind of point out, they randomly have a person on their crew who, some of the crew members don't have any experience in sailing life or like marine biology or whatever they just came from something else and became part of the crew and are passionate about whatever they do why not one of them is a stripper
1: yeah
0: and not all the time is she topless but the first like half of the movie every time you see her she's (laughs) topless she does more than being topless but that's just the way she's introduced they're like there's her she she was a stripper
1: was she in the in the Comedy Central cut?
0: I probably not. <laughs> I would assume. Well, I mean, later on, I would assume any times where she was topless, probably not. Yeah, that's funny. Um, or you know, maybe they edited like a black bar or something. I don't yeah. know what they did. <laughs> I I it doesn't stick out to me. So when we watched it, I was like, oh. I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. I, um, we see some basically steve and his first mate best friend uh, esteban get in diving gear they jump into the water they're going they're swimming down there looking for things filming stuff and it's just those two mm-hmm. and we see some like really brightly like neon pink colored school of fish swim by and they're capturing all of that and then the next thing we see is steve pops out of the water and he's like all over the place. Yeah. He's, he's going on about something happened to Esteban. Yeah. Uh, there was a jaguar shark and everyone's like, what are you talking... What happened? And he just keeps repeating that Esteban was eaten. <laughs> uh, and and he's getting comments back of like, was he dead? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he was eaten! He was <laughs> chewed! He was <laughs> eaten alive! <laughs> he he was was
1: eaten.
0: They're like, was he swallowed whole? No, he got chewed! Esteban's <laughs> dead! <laughs> um, and then Klaus says... Uh, that Steve has crazy eyes, and we yeah. get to zoom in on his eyes. Just like, probably like panic yeah. or something. You just saw like your best friend being eaten Ten by five. a shark. Also weirdly topical.
1: That is, that is a little <laughs> topical, a little on the nose there.
0: If you watch this any time around when it was released, and you don't know about what happened in Egypt, well, Esteban happened in Egypt. Uh,
1: Esteban, so. yeah.
0: Very unfortunate. After the movie ends, the auditorium or the theaters relatively quiet. And there's a little Q&A with Bill Murray sitting up there and then, like, a moderator guy asking the questions. And no one's really, like, jumping up to ask questions. They get a, they get a couple questions in there. Um, one question about, like, why didn't you show the shark? Yeah. And he's like, well, I, I dropped the camera... Mm-hmm. When my best friend was getting eaten by this thing. Right. Um, so I didn't I didn't capture it, but that's what the second part is going to be about. So his plan was they, they would release this, mm-hmm. make some money off of it, to fund another expedition to go out and find the jaguar shark and kill it yeah. for revenge for Esteban.
1: Right. We're going to avenge his death.
0: Um... And we find all that out because up in the balcony seating is Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. who asks the question of what's next. And he kind of explains, well, we're going we're gonna to go and kill the shark. Um, <laughs> they do ask... This is a great part. I love the delivery of this. He, somebody asks, what is the scientific purpose of killing this thing? Because it's probably an endangered species if we've never okay. seen it before. And there's just a pause... And he just says revenge.
1: Yeah. I I wrote down like my favorite my favorite quote that he's when he said it, and he, he said it just so kinda of deadpan and matter of factly was, I'm gonna kill the shark that date my friend. Yeah. That's it.
0: Yeah. Um so as he's leaving the exhibition hall or whatever you'd wanna the theater or whatever, um, he's kind of talking with like a I don't know that he's necessarily, like, a manager, but the guy who kind of finds all the funding and stuff for them. And he's also sort of asking, like, was the movie good, whatever. He's, you know, pretty self-conscious about it. But during this, we do see over in a corner, uh, there's another captain. (laughs) And it's Jeff Goldblum.
1: There he is. Captain Hennessy. There he
0: is. Uh, I love Jeff Goldblum. I think he's you know. definitely like a perfect Wes Anderson type. Oh yeah. Uh, because he's already just quirky on his own, yeah. so it works very well.
1: He he was born to be in Wes Anderson movies. They they just have that that same I uh, sais quoi I je don't know je ne sais quoi <laughs> like something about them. They just they're so weird and quirky, mm-hmm. and they fit together so so well.
0: Yeah. Um, we do also find out that Steve's wife is Hennessy's ex wife. Right. So there's like a little weird love triangle thing sort of going on here. We do get. There's a number of comments in the movie that Steve says about thinking that Hennessy was gay, right. including a use of the. F word, I guess, is how you would say that. So if that's a little off-putting to you,
1: it's, oh, yeah. it is in
0: the movie. It was also, it was 2004, people were throwing that stuff around, like, yeah. no big deal. Um,
1: we don't say that word
0: anymore. But there's there's many, co- there's, I don't know, at least two, maybe three comments where he's like, I always thought he was gay. Or I, I thought he was part gay or yeah. something, like, throughout the whole, whole movie, so... um It does come off for a payoff towards the end, but we'll get there. Right. Uh, We also get Klaus walks up to Steve at one point and introduces him to his nephew, Mm -hmm. who's, like, a big fan. And the nephew, for whatever reason at a movie premiere, brought a fish in a bag. Yeah. Like, that you'd get at, like, a pet store or something. They're going to put it in a bag so you can take it home. Um, He hands it to Steve, and it's a crayon fish, I think is what he called it. But it's basically a seahorse yeah. that's like rainbow colored. It's
1: very very pretty,
0: um, and it looks very cool. It is uh, obviously this is where I'm like it kind of looks stop motiony because right. its its movements are are not quite natural looking, mm. but uh, it's definitely an animated fish of some sort, and it does look I like it. Yeah, um, if it, it is stop really motiony cool. puppet stuff like that's it looks really cool. That's right up my alley. I I love that stuff, so it looks great. Um, Another man at this premiere asks Steve to sign some posters. He goes over and signs a poster. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a poster of one of his previous documentaries. And then he asks him to sign another one. And another one. And another another one. And Steve's like, how many of these do you have? And he shows him. and he goes, you can just forge the rest of them. Yeah, I'm not going
1: to sign all of these. And
0: and the guy just goes, I could have done that from home.
1: (laughs) And he's like, what? Why are you here? Um, no, I want your signature.
0: Yeah, which was great.
1: That was it. Was hilarious because he he did entertain him for a, a good amount of time signing yeah. those posters. Like okay, okay, okay. All right, that's enough. <laughs>
0: um, he also get gets asked by some random guy in a crowd, maybe a reporter or something. They're behind a barricade, so it's hard to tell if they're supposed to be a reporter or if it's just some like random fan who was. In a,
1: yeah.
0: Sectioned off area or something. I don't know what you call it. But he asks Steve who he's gonna kill in the second part, yeah. and Steve just attacks him.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he lost his cool there. <laughs>
0: um, he gets pulled off, uh, and then we leave this premiere, and we're sort of back to. Uh, just sort of the team. And Steve, again, is struggling to... He's trying to work with like his manager, publicist, whatever the guy is, to get funding. Um, and we find out at this point that Steve's team has not made a successful or a hit documentary mm-hmm. in over nine years. Um, so that's why money's not just coming in like it used to, and they're kind of scraping by. Or Why they're or, not
1: paying their interns.
0: That's why they can't pay interns. Exactly. Um, The guy says he is talking to somebody for potential funds, but it's going to take about two weeks. Steve demands that it be done by uh, Sunday, and the guy's like, well, that's not possible. He's like, he goes, I don't care. In ten days, I'm going to find that shark that killed my best friend. Yeah. (laughs) He just gives him, like, a hard, like, ten days, money or not, I'm going going to find the shark. Yeah. Uh, Owen Wilson shows back up. Uh, He plays a character named Ned. And it's revealed that he's the son of a woman that Steve knew at some point mm-hmm. in his life, uh, maybe about thirty years beforehand. However, I'm, I don't. I think that Ned says at one point that he. he there's a comment about him being thirty. Yeah. Um, whether that's a generalization or he was actually thirty, not super clear, but around there. So somebody Steve knew about thirty years ago, and instantly. I think you're supposed to pick up on, oh, is this supposed to be, like, his long-lost child? Yeah. They don't let you linger on it for, for, for very long. Steve just straight-out spells, like, am I your father? i your dad. Maybe? <laughs> um, and neither of them actually knows for certain. We do I find be- out that his mother uh, killed herself recently. Right.
1: And that's why he's there. Doesn't Owen Wilson's character basically, basically say, like, I don't know, but it's maybe... Could
0: be. Yeah, he does say at one point in the movie that he uh, like he felt like he kind of owed it to himself to at least give it a try and find out. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, we do get some fun stuff where it's like, uh, he's all dressed up in like this uniform. It's <laughs> a pilot's uniform. And we learn that he flies for Air Kentucky out of Louisville. <laughs> and... It's just the most generic thing because he says Air Kentucky and Steve's like I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. It's like he's like oh yeah because you're you know you're landlocked you're just right. in the middle of the country yeah. you fly tiny planes and he's not even a pilot he's a co-pilot which is even uh, funnier. I don't know how much that matters. I don't know much about aviation and if there's really a difference between the two. I always just thought both were pilots but one of them is like like two of them are in a plane. You are the pilot, meaning, like, you're controlling everything, and the other guy's just your backup to make sure.
1: Yeah, you're secondhand man. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, Steve then goes off to be alone. Um, he has a smoke. He goes up on this, uh, I don't know, what you're, you're a boat person. What, what would that be? <laughs> he, like, goes up to, like, the King of the World part from the for- Titanic. The forward. The what? Forward. The forward. Yes.
1: <laughs> the king of the world part of a boat. <laughs> I don't know anything
0: about boats. You're the boat expert here.
1: It's a ship, not a boat. Get it right.
0: Whatever. He goes up there, he takes a smoke. Um, and during that time, we do get... Um, some songs played. There's a lot of song. There's a couple songs in here um, that everybody will know. Um, a number of David Bowie songs. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are sung in, like, French. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's French. I'm not 100% sure what language it is. I'm pretty sure. But they're recognizable. Um, I th- think this first one might be Life on Mars by David Bowie. Or, no, no, sorry, no, it's not. It's Starman.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: by... I have no idea how you even say this guy's name. Um... <laughs> so Give I'm not away. even gonna try. You're not even gonna try? Nope. Uh, definitely is, like, Sue Jorge? S S E U Sue Jorge? I do not know. Um... No idea. At least I think that might be the first one. I don't know. I, there's a number of them that are used, but um, I like that song. It's also the reason I remembered it is because more recently mm-hmm. in film watching, um, it was also in uh, Licorice Pizza, right, which right. came out last year, two yeah, years ago. Two years ago. Hot Man, time flies. Mm-hmm.
1: When
0: you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do find out also that Ned has been a member of the Zisu Society, mm-hmm. which was like this monthly membership thing. I, I, I feel like... These,
1: like a fan club kind of thing? Yeah, I
0: feel like these... Used, right, it's a fan club thing. I, think these, I feel like these used to be a pretty big thing. Yeah. Um, but probably haven't been for like 20 plus years. I can't think of a single one... I feel like there might have been some in the 90s or maybe early 2000s uh, that I can possibly remember. I was never signed up for anything, but I, I just...
1: I remember there was it a... It was like,
0: uh, what was the, what was the, um, those old animal magazines that you get uh, infomercials uh, about? Oh, yeah, like Zoo, the, zoo something? Yeah, like, Sign sponsor. up for zoo, whatever, sponsor and get that. the first... Get the get the elephant magazine for yeah. free. <laughs> Sponsor a panda
1: bear and receive a monthly magazine and a stuffed panda okay. bear. When I when I was in junior high, there was a girl um, that was in my band class. I forget what she played. I think she played the French horn. But for her birthday, her parents got mm-hmm. her. They got her into the Lord of the Rings official fan club, and she it was a very big deal to her and she was like learn it she was like I'm gonna learn how to speak Elvish and <laughs> I'm this is the best gift I, I just wanted to be a part of the official fan club it's official
0: people do that it was really that's people the, do learn Elvish
1: that it's, it's it was a, they turned it into a college course do you remember that sure they did someone I don't know why you're did.
0: asking me I didn't go to college I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what courses yeah, I have
1: someone, someone, someone somewhere made like a token class. I believe it yeah but, yeah, I, I'm sure they had, like, Harry Potter fan clubs and, and things like that. But, like, back then it was, like, it wasn't, like, the digital age. So they were, like, mailing things in yeah. and getting things in the mail and, and all that.
0: Yeah, so he, Ned had been a member of this since he was 11 years old. Yeah. He even had a little, like, ring, which mm-hmm. you could tell was, like, an old-timey thing. Because Steve's like, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. Um, he, he also, Steve offers him to smoke... Um, I believe it's supposed to be weed. I think he says something about weed. But Ned turns it down because he prefers to smoke a pipe instead. Yeah. So he just randomly smokes a pipe. That's a quirk that he has. Yes, it
1: is. Very old school.
0: Um, Then we learn a little bit about the Belafonte, the boat. Um, He bought the boat for $90,000 from the U.S. Navy. Yeah. And then we get this... I really like this shot, the way that it's done. The boat is like... Bisected, like it's cut straight yeah. down the middle in half. Like we're seeing a cross section to this boat, it's and so we're seeing cool. these all these different rooms. And he's pointing them out, like this is this is uh where people sleep. This is where we do our science shit. This is our yeah. recording booth where this. we got to redub audio and whatnot. This is, the this, is, this is the food place. This is the whatever. This is a part I added on where <laughs> you can just. It's got a bunch of portholes on it where yeah. you can just. Look out into the ocean. Yeah. We also have two dolphins with cameras on them yes. that follow us around. They don't do shit. That was hilarious. <laughs> just randomly has dolphins.
1: Have we at this point have we seen when they fed an orca?
0: No. Okay. Um, we also see that he does have a sub on a ship, a yellow submarine. Obviously, very clearly a Beatles reference. I don't think you can put a yellow submarine in it not just. A Beatles reference, obviously, yeah. uh, but on the sh- on the sub is the name Jacqueline crossed out, and then under that it says Deep Search, yeah. and he asks, "What is what is Jacqueline?" And it, it was his first ex-wife, right. so he named a sub after, got divorced, crossed it out, renamed it. We do learn later on he's got a tattoo on his arm that says Jacqueline, but it's also crossed, it's crossed out, out, and then out under that well. also says Deep Search. Yeah,
1: it's the only way to do <clears throat> it.
0: Which is funny that he did that to both the submarine and, and his. He could have just done what like Johnny Depp did when he had like Winona tattooed on him oh, and yeah. changed it to Wino oh, forever, uh, Wino forever, or, Wino forever, or yeah. whatever the hell he changed it to. He made he
1: made he made it work.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he, he made it work. That's one way to look at that it, I guess. One way to look at it.
1: Also, again on the nose earlier with the shark attack. Also, a little on the nose. Submarine content. Hmm.
0: <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. We're living in a fun, life-aquatic time.
1: We're, we're living in a time that is keep your ass away from the ocean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the ocean's fighting back.
1: It sure is.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, so they go out to a dinner. Um, Steve and Ned and, and just... You know, trying to get some funding and everything. And Steve overhears some people speaking in, I think, French. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not 100% sure. It's a foreign language. I think it might be French. And he knows what they're saying. And they go into the room and they're talking shit about him. Yeah. Being like, he hasn't made anything good in so long. Blah, blah, blah. And he just stares in the... He just stands in the doorway. Mm -hmm. Stares at them. Yeah. And they just stop talking. And he just walks away.
1: Like, he... The way that he stares at them, like, I'm just going to stand here and wait until they notice me. Yeah. N- noticing them. It was like, it had a little air of intimidation to it. <laughs>
0: right. Um, he does get outside and he's smoking with Ned again. And he does say, like, uh, Ned's trying to be like, oh, don't worry about it. And and Steve's basically like, you know, they say when people talk about you, it's like a suppo- jealousy. When they talk yeah. about you like that, it's jealousy or something. But it still hurts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Still not nice.
0: Um, they then, Steve then decides to take Ned to his own island that he owns. So they fly off to this island. Um, if you haven't picked up at this point, also, Steve wears a red beanie. Yes. Uh, in a style of where the, you got the nipple. Yeah. Sticking up. It's the only is way I know maybe, how to call it, is, is the nipple. Yeah. Which is not a style I would ever wear a beanie like. No. Because um, I think it looks dumb, but I think it it works perfectly for this. The whole team, outside of interns, um, wear the same thing. It's yeah. like a, the uniform's like a baby blue, mm-hmm. sky blue, jumpsuit, um, sort of get up, and mm-hmm. a red beanie.
1: And the red beanie. With the little... Tip on top,
0: with a little nipple on top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Not 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 always.
0: St- not all of them have the nipple, but no. very specifically Steve does. Yeah, he does. Cause he's a boob. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: um,
0: when he lands, Angelica Houston's there, his wife, and she she greets him with, the cat's dead. <laughs> yeah, and he says, "Wait, which which cat?" Um, and then she tells him, and He's like, well, what? How? What happened to him? Yeah. And she says, a rattlesnake bit it in the throat. And he's just like, what? What? Can't you work on like your delivery well, yeah. or say something nice and yeah. not just be so blunt with how about me some about bedside this bedside
1: manner, Jesus?
0: And the best part is, then Ned asks. Um, he's basically like, sorry. Uh, and when he asks what type of cat it was, he goes. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a tabby. I don't yeah, know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> like they have a bunch of cats. He doesn't fucking know. I don't know. He knows it by name. Yeah. But I just with Steve, we get a lot of this sort of t- almost like two way dialogue where he yeah. says something really like quick and in the moment, but then says something sort of the opposite almost right. right away. Like in this case, he's asked a question and he snaps of like, "Who gives a shit?" Yeah. And then he's like. Maybe it was a tab.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe. So he still, like, he answers might, the question, yeah. but he...
1: He balances himself out.
0: Right. Um, we, this is where we get the random scene. He just walks off, he gets up on this ladder, dangles like a little fish in the yeah. air, and an orca jumps out of the water and eats it out of his hand.
1: I literally wrote down... Where is it? Uh, I wrote... Oh. He just hand-feeds hand orcas, dot, dot, dot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: there, there's no okay. real rhyme or reason or explanation other than he's like a marine life documentary guy, so he just owns an orca apparently. That's
1: a third, 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 third on recent the event thing. things. Orcas be attacking yachts.
0: They they do be doing that. I guess
1: they're trying to take the, down the rich.
0: Good, eat the rich.
1: Eat the rich.
0: I feel like we might have said that last time, too. <laughs>
1: um
0: might have. During the night, uh, Ned gets woke up in the middle of the night. It's dark out. He gets woke up. He's told through a radio to, like, come out here. We need you. Um, Steve's called him out there, plus a bunch of his other crew, to film this very rare, rare event mm-hmm. that happens where what he says is jellyfish all get washed up on the shore right okay. and they're filming it and the all the jellyfish are like glowing and stuff and it looks really cool and neat and uh he's just doing his normal thing and then Ned interrupts and asks him a question uh, where he just kind of why do they glow and Steve uh, answers it and then is like come here and and they kind of get a little close and they're talking he's like Good ad lib. Like, that was great. Yeah. Do you want to be a part of my team? <laughs> and Ned's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, he does say at one point, he says, Steve, I'm not even that strong of a swimmer. The answer is yes.
1: The <laughs>
0: answer is yes. Um, and during that, we find out the cameraman turned the camera off because he thought they were having a moment. And Steve's like, I never said to cut. You just film everything. Yeah. That was good. That was good stuff. Um, and then a journalist shows up. And tells them that those aren't even jellyfish. There's something else. Mm-hmm. And Steve touches it and goes, "Damn, she's right." <laughs> yeah. Sure enough. Um, the person who showed up, her name is Jean. Mm-hmm. This is Kate Blanchett's character. Right. Uh, two thousand four looks very young, almost hardly recognizable. <laughs> At that time, she would have been doing, um, I don't remember. I don't. F- button. No, Lord of the Rings. Oh, 2004? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She might have just finished doing yeah. the final Lord of the Rings, because I think that's like 2001. And then yeah, you're right. I think 2004 was when Return of the King won everything. Galadriel. Um, <clears throat> so she's from a newspaper. We did hear earlier on that there was a newspaper that wanted to do like a cover story about Steve, and this is who they sent. She just happens to also be pregnant when Mm -hmm. she gets there, because of course. Of course. And when Steve's, like, showing her to her room, he tells Klaus, not this one. He's basically calling him dibs. He's like, dibs. Dibs on the pregnant lady.
1: Yeah. Leave her alone. Even though he's
0: married. Yeah. Or maybe married?
1: (laughs) Whatever degree of married he is.
0: Uh, We do see at this point Ned also quits his job. He calls back to Air Kentucky, says that he got people to fill in for him, and he basically tells his boss that he... He just he has to see where this goes. Yeah, and thanks for understanding. Yeah, and that he'll call him back in like a month to update him on how life is going.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. He then sees Jean. Uh, he then hears as he's like going back to his room. Everybody else is kind of asleep. His room has light on. Jean's room has light on. But he hears her reading, mm-hmm. and he goes into her room. She's just reading out loud.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, she she. Is saying that she heard or she read somewhere that your baby can now, you know, understand words and things. And she wants to acclimate it to her voice. So she's trying to find anything to read out loud so that the baby gets used to her voice.
0: Yeah, so she's just reading a six-volume set of books out loud (laughs) like a crazy person to herself. Um, It's such a cute scene. Okay, so it's the next morning and... We see Steve uh, has this box full of shoes. They had a bunch of these made, didn't sell them all, so he's got a ton of them. And they're just, like, running shoes with his name on them. Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of their colors of, like, the light blue. Uh, and it says Zisu on it, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, at peak popularity. Like any good athlete, yeah. you have your own shoe line, I suppose. Right. Um, he does an interview with Jean, he's, uh, she asks him if it's his last voyage, he says no comment, and then says no. Yeah. (laughs) Um, again, sort of his, like, two-way kind of going about it. Um, they kind of get off to a rough start because she's asking him some questions that he thinks are, like, sort of trap or trick sort of questions. Like, gotcha questions, Mm -hmm. when he thought that this was supposed to just be sort of like a... A puff piece. Right. <laughs> um, he's also, again, worried about how people viewed part one. Uh, while he's talking to Gene, they're sitting in, like, an office uh, sort of situation where she's got a recorder on a table. But behind him are these, like, big glass panels yeah. with water filled behind it. Like, something you'd see at, like, an aquarium, basically. Mm-hmm. And in it, the Orca. Orca. This throughout this whole scene, when we cut back to Zisu, and we're looking at him, the orca is just swimming in the background, swimming upside down, spinning, being so cute, looking like he's basically bonking his nose against the glass.
1: It's, I mean, you know, boo on you know animals in captivity, but he was really, really, really cute, and he was just being all playful.
0: Yeah, so cute. Um, Steve gets a little angry with Jean here. He calls her a fake. Mm -hmm. Um, Then points a gun at her and asks if this is fake. She basically asks a question of if the uh, jaguar shark's even real, and and if any of that stuff was sort of faked Mm -hmm. or phony, and and that's where he's like, uh, you're fake, and and you're a phony. And then he pulls out a gun and he's like, does this look fake to you? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, you can tell that he's, he doesn't like his his work put into question in that way. He doesn't like being talked
0: to. Well, I think mostly it's because he's grieving. Yeah. The whole time, this whole movie, he's grieving the loss of his best friend Esteban, who he's right. been doing this forever with. And he's not really processing it. Yeah. So when the question of the legitimacy of what he claims to have happened but wasn't filmed, um, he gets a little yeah. on edge about it. Strikes a chord. Uh, We then see from here, Klaus goes and confronts Ned. Uh, Klaus basically is trying to tell Ned, like, I don't care if you might be his son. Uh, I'm his best friend now. Don't do anything to hurt him or whatever. And he slaps Ned. Hilarious Uh, slap. My favorite bit from this is Ned just gets back up. In this, like, southern accent that Owen Wilson is doing, he says, If you touch me again... I'm going to kick your goddamn teeth out. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's so funny seeing Klaus just be very protective of Steve. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things, like when the best friend approaches the, her friend's new boyfriend and is like, if you hurt her, I'll hurt you, you know, kind of thing. And uh, Have you done that before? No. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i ever cared that much oh wow um tell
0: that to all your friends
1: no my friends made good choices oh that's a lie <laughs> <laughs> anyway um but no it was really really cute to see him be like really protective of him and the slap is just so funny and it i love seeing he's so taken aback by it at first
0: yeah. and it just It's just a funny scene. I I do just like the delivery of the I'll kick your goddamn teeth out because Ned's been like really mild mannered Mm -hmm. like a nice southern boy sort of thing and then all of a sudden he just turns it on and he's like I'll kick your goddamn teeth out. Don't you
1: ever do that again.
0: Um, They go inside. Steve says to watch it around the reporter. Mm -hmm. Um, Again he's still kind of coming off from a heated discussion with her that he's upset about. Um Steve and Ned have a little bit more of a conversation. Steve does say he learned of Ned five years ago in a newspaper. Um, He assumed, basically, he was asking, uh, Ned was asking, Did you know about me before I showed up? And he's like, Yeah, Um, there was a news article about me that was wrote and you were mentioned in it. Uh, And he just says, I assumed that they got their information correct. Yeah. Like, I just, I assume the newspapers write the correct stuff, that they checked their facts. Um, and he just says, I didn't ever reach out because uh, I hate fathers and I never wanted to be one. Right. But now with you...
1: Yeah. It, it's kind of like a, a backhanded compliment. Yeah.
0: You're
1: like, oh, okay.
0: Um, he also, at this point, he gives Ned a gun. Um, Ned's like, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. And then he turns again to the stripper lady... And goes, hey, do all the interns get guns? And she replies, <laughs> no, they all just share one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But he, So he still gives the gun to Ned. He's just yeah. like, just take it. We share one. Um, we find out that the funding was turned down. Mm-hmm. Again, this is the thing that, that he was, like, rushing, like, I'm going to leave with or without it. And Ned overhears this. And Ned steps in and says that he inherited a load of money and asks if that will help. They get into this rickety helicopter that they have. They fly the helicopter to the uh, producer whatever this guy is again. And the guy's look like, okay, with Ned's money, we got the rest of the money on loan. But there are rules. One, everybody will be drug tested. Yeah. And he's like, piss tests. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, number two is they have to have a guy from the bank who will keep them on budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve just refers to him as a snitch. Yep. And three, they can't kill the shark. Yeah. Which was the, the whole point the of the expedition.
1: Point. Yeah. I. That was literally the note that I wrote down was, wait, we can't kill the shark? And what the hell's the point?
0: Yeah. Um, so they agree to the terms, and... We get a montage of them getting prepared to leave on the expedition. We get to see all of the team working out, doing things like running shirtless on the beach. Yeah. Um, putting things together. Everybody dressed up in their uniforms, all that sort of stuff. And uh, including um, uh, two of the characters throwing dynamite into the water and blowing it up. Yeah. Not for any reason. Just, just making sure that it's working.
1: Just for shits and giggles.
0: Um, we also see Ned flirting with Gene the reporter. Um, When they're running on the beach shirtless, everybody's running in one direction. Steve's riding a bicycle, obviously. Ned breaks off and runs over to Gene when he sees her. (laughs) Steve comes over with the bicycle and gets him back to running. Um, We then see Klaus and... I think it's Klaus. um, But Ned and somebody putting on scuba gear. So, like, goggles. They have the oxygen tank and stuff. And they're, like, falling back into a pool, like... Tr- teaching him how to do that, mm-hmm. or training, whatever. It immediately cuts to Ned laying on the ground, <laughs> everybody hur- huddled <laughs> around <laughs> him, and Steve giving him, like, CPR, yeah. or, I guess not technically CPR, the ca- chest compressions or breathing and oxygen or whatever to get them to spit up the water. Yeah. Um, this just is kind of a callback to Ned being like, <laughs> I'm not really a strong swimmer. Yeah, He literally, with an oxygen tank in scuba gear, almost dead. W- almost drowned by going into the water. It was
1: hilarious. And I, it is so funny to me, the goggles that they wear, they're like the old-timey ones where it's just one, one whole thing instead of, like, each for your eyes. It looks so crazy and silly to me.
0: Um, We also see in their downtime on the boat that the crew watches old Steve Zissou uh, documentaries. Yeah. They're just watching these old ones. Um, in this one they're in like the Arctic or something mm-hmm. and they're doing like a uh, they cut like a hole in the ice to go in right. and Steve's like, do you hear that? And you don't really hear anything. He does this multiple times where you're like, do you, do you hear that and you mm-hmm. don't hear something? Um, but they save these wild snow mongooses <laughs> that just I don't know if those, i and I would assume that they're not real. I don't know how many of the sort of animals, exotic things that they show on this are actually real or not. I
1: think they're real.
0: I don't know. Maybe. I don't plan on going to find out. No? No.
1: You want to go to Antarctica? No, I
0: would. Oh. You know I'd go anywhere. (laughs) I would would climb Everest, and I know the chances of dying are pretty high. Yeah, they are. I'd still do it. That's a terrible idea. The way I see it is, one... I either reach the summit of Everest, which is like a cool thing to be like I did that, or two, I freeze to death along the way, and then I'm just left there forever. So everybody's gonna see me.
1: Have you seen that TikTok of that lady on Mount Everest? And then there's like some sort of wind that go like hiking, Oh yeah, body like bodies uh-huh. just like falling down. That was yeah, awful. That, that happens. You want to do that?
0: Yes. <laughs> I want to see green boots. Anybody knows about Everest? <laughs> green by. boots. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so Eleanor, Steve's wife, leaves, saying she doesn't want to be a part of whatever's going on out there, because she's got, like, she has a bad feeling. Yeah. Um, says that Steve shouldn't have taken Ned's money to do this, and she leaves. Steve and Ned have a little bit of a conversation, and (laughs) Steve asks him if he would ever think about changing his name. He's basically saying, uh, like... Would you change like your last name to Zisu? Yeah. Would you take like my last name? And Ned's like, uh, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. And he's like, you know, I wouldn't have named you Ned. I would have named you Kingsley.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: so we do see um, he gets like uh, his own cards, not not business cards. There's a certain words for him. Notary. No. Oh. Uh, uh,
1: for when you notarize things.
0: No. No, it's a type of paper. His own, sp- Letter, whatever he, letter-head. yeah, he gets his own letter-headed paper that says Ned, yeah, or is it Kingsley parentheses Ned, Ned. yeah, Zisu on it um, later on, which is just again Steve trying to like uh, take accept him as his son, <laughs> but also change him
1: right.
0: in a way that he would he would want him to be, right.
1: basically. It's, it's, all, it's very passive aggressive
0: um, so after they do that they kind of have a discussion about what they need to do uh, like what their next step and everything is and they say we've got to go to this underwater sea lab mm-hmm. uh, it's just that we see an image of it and it's this laboratory that's underwater and there's just a giant tower that comes out of the water and you go into it and you gotta walk all the way down so they sail to that. Right. Or they're, they're setting sail to that. Um, Steve's getting interviewed again by Gene uh, up on the deck this time. He randomly asks her if she wants to go up in his balloon, mm-hmm. uh, which seems like a very random question to ask. And they just have this like sort of hot air balloon bench thing. Because they're not in, like, a hot air balloon proper, but they're in a... It is like a hot air balloon. Right. But they're also just sitting on it like it's a bench or something. Right. Uh, and they're just sitting there talking. He apologizes for making her cry uh, in the last interview when he got snappy with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a little bit of her backstory about her being pregnant in her life in that um, the person who got her pregnant is married... And she's not the wife, right. so it was an affair, and it's somebody like she works with, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a mess, yeah. to say the least. Uh, Steve, unprovoked for no reason, leans in to give her a kiss, and she like turns away.
1: It's so awkward.
0: Um, very awkward because he's definitely much older than she is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She asks him why he abandoned Ned, um, and says he just says, I've never met the guy before, like, i never met him before this, I couldn't have abandoned him um, he also has a drink that he had an intern give him and just during the course of their conversation she just, she takes the drink out of his hand, drinks it, and his response is just you really think it's cool to hit the sauce while you have a bun in the oven? yeah,
1: she's like, meh
0: yeah
1: it looked like some kind of little martini of some sort right
0: um, we then get to see a little bit of the dolphins. Um. Again, very cute. <laughs> Steve asks, says to get the go- dolphins to swim under the ship and check check out that yeah. everything's good. And they're, like, pressing this button to send a command to the dolphins. Yeah. And they're watching these monitors. And the dolphins are just looking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, like, nodding their heads. They don't care. Um. So funny. So the dolphins don't do anything, yeah. basically.
1: They're like, oh. Okay.
0: Hey. <laughs> uh, we do find out at this point that Ned wrote Steve a letter 17 years ago and Steve's like oh yeah uh, I wrote all of every letter I, I responded to I wrote back and Ned's like oh I know and we find out what the letter he wrote back was mm-hmm. he's just answering a question some nice like pleasantries and stuff like that he does say in the letter I remember meeting your mother and then at the end The best part is because he told him that he wrote everybody back. The best part is um, at the end of the letter it says dictated but not read.
1: Dictated but
0: not read. So like somebody just said, hey, this Mm kid wrote this to you, probably read it to him or whatever. And then he just dictated while they typed it back up and sent it to him. Right. Which was great. They get to the C-Lab. Um... And we find out that it's, uh, it, the door's locked, mm-hmm. that there's security to it. And Ned's like, should we even be here? And he's like, yeah, this is for all of the science community. Now just, like, let's just break in. And they break in and an alarm's going off. Yeah. And he's like, they added an alarm! <laughs> Somebody get me something so we can turn it off. Yeah. We find out that the reason for all of this is because it's not just that anybody can use this lab. It's... Captain Hennessy or Jeff Goldblum's right. character, his laboratory. His
1: very specific laboratory. His
0: specific laboratory. Um, they go downstairs, they use the radar there to find the jaguar shark. Mm-hmm. Because Steve, whenever Esteban got eaten, mm-hmm. shot it with a tracker dart. Right. They just needed something to be able to track it. So they get in there, they use the radar, they find where it's located at, so they decide to go and start going that way. But before they leave, Steve just says, "Grab everything you can and put it onto the ship." Yeah. Basically, take, if it's not nailed down, take it.
1: Take everything you can.
0: Um. And the uh the bank guy who's with them is like, "Isn't this stealing?" He's like, "No, no, no. I'm gonna give it back." Yeah. Um. He also takes like an espresso machine. <laughs> yeah. From there as well. Um. And he basically says, "We've got about 20 minutes before we're all arrested. So get what you can and yeah. get get back onto the get ship." Get the hell out. Um, they get a bunch of stuff onto the ship, we cut to another scene, it's basically Ned and Jean hanging out in a, like, a hot tub. She's not in the hot tub, she's just, like, there with him, and he's in the hot tub. I guess he just is really bad with water, because even though he's in a hot tub that's probably, like, t- two feet deep, maybe, okay. he's putting goggles on, yeah. <laughs> for like a whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> and then he gives her a necklace mm-hmm. that he made. Um, it has peppermint or or mint dental floss as the string. Yeah. Uh, that way it, you know, smells nice, I suppose. Mm -hmm.
1: Um. It's very, very endearing and, you know, something like a little kid would be doing. Approaching someone that they like.
0: It is clear at this point that the two kind of have a thing together. (laughs) Or or they're kind of interested in each other. Um. Mm -hmm. Jean goes back to her room, and her door's open, and inside is Steve reading her notebook. He's kind of like, I can't believe you're saying this shit about me. And she's like, how'd you get in here? My door was locked. And he's like, yeah, I kicked it in. (laughs) Um, And then he just says, based on what he read, he's like, please don't make fun of me. I just wanted to flirt with you.
1: My favorite line out of the whole movie, it was the cutest thing ever. That was my favorite scene when she says something he please the way that he says it is so like sweet and yeah. like you know just just very soft. Please don't make fun of me. I just wanted to flirt with you.
0: Yeah.
1: It's so cute. I love that <laughs> scene. So. I
0: don't I don't think that would work on me after somebody broke into my bedroom.
1: No. No, no. I don't think so. I just wanted to flirt with you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um uh, we cut to Uh, Operation Hennessy, I think is what the name of the ship is called, which is Jeff Goldblum's ship, he finds out that somebody broke into their sea lab, Mm -hmm. and he determines that they're going to hunt down the people who did so.
1: Right.
0: Um, The team... We cut back to Team Sisu, uh, and the team does a dive, because they heard a phantom signal, so they Mm -hmm. do a dive, so a bunch of them get in their wetsuits, get in their scuba gear... Ned's there, Steve's there, Klaus is there, the guy who filmed things are there. And they're going through, like, this reef. Not reef. um, Seaweed forest Mm -hmm. thing. I don't know what you'd call that exactly. A lot of bright colors. We see a lot of fish and and things kind of swimming around and stuff going by. So pretty to look at. Such eye candy. And the Phantom Signal is a crashed airplane just at the bottom of the sea. And I love that we're watching a movie about like a documentary crew because you get to see them be like they see what it is and they're like okay get the camera go over there right. come back this way we're gonna come this way ned maybe you say ned's like can i call you dad And he's yeah. like mm, i don't know about that yeah let's maybe a different nickname mm-hmm. and somebody says how about steve z and he's like oh yeah steve z's good Steve-Z. how's that he's like uh i don't i don't know i don't know um so they just film themselves going down to the plane. Right.
1: Just completely reworking an otherwise organic natural experience. Right. to get a better result. Which I feel like happens still to this day in a Yeah,
0: and that that's what's great is it's like it, it kind of adds to his insecurity with how his movies are being redeemed or, or received. received and how he's been asked questions about sort of like the legitimacy of it. It's like, like, is the Jaguar shark even real? You didn't film any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what actually happened to Esteban? Is any of this stuff real? Are you faking things? And now we're seeing that, well, yeah, they, obvi- well, they made like a real discovery of this phantom signal thing. Right. But it's so overly produced at this point that it doesn't necessarily feel natural. And especially after they go into the plane, we cut straight to him doing it of like a, a dubbed voiceover of what they were just doing
1: right which is, and it, if you watch any of those like lifestyle vloggers or li- lifestyle TikToks where it's like here's a, here's what my typical morning looks like and they very clearly had to go and set up their camera then get back in bed make the lighting right go back and look at it come back like just completely overly romanticizing was yeah. supposed
0: to be natural. Yeah, exact. That's <laughs> exactly what they're doing. Um, after this, because of the sort of conversation that took place while they were underwater with Klaus and everything about like, can I call you Dad and Steve Z, whatever? Mm-hmm. Ned just walks up to Klaus and slaps him, and Klaus is like, "What? What the fuck?" <laughs> and he's like, "I owed you one." He's yeah. like, "No, what?" He's like, no, you didn't. You told me that if we were ever doing anything again, you are going to hit me. He goes, no, but I owed you one for when you slapped me. He's like, "But so now I owe you one. He goes, no, now we're even. Yeah. And Klaus just kind of storms off like, what, what, what? It was
1: a hilarious
0: little slap fight. <laughs> um, we then see uh, Steve is up on deck. He's using, like, sort of binoculars or something. He sees a ship out in the distance, and he asks uh, the guy... Like, who's supposed to be on watch? Mm -hmm. Um, And Ned was supposed to be on watch. And Steve goes, and we see that Ned's in the room with a reporter. Mm -hmm. Um, And he tells... (laughs) This is a funny line to me. Ned tells Jean, I think you'll make a great single mother. Yeah.
1: I loved it. it like, was... why not
0: just, like, you'll make a great mother? Yeah. Why, like, you'll make a great single mother.
1: And it's so funny because you could tell he he meant it. But he had such good intentions, but the delivery was... It was hilarious. Awkward. It was so awkward. It was um, so
0: funny. doesn't matter, though. It works. They end up kissing. Mm-hmm. The best part is while they're making out and getting frisky and stuff, we see one of the dolphins yeah. looking through the porthole just watching. Yeah. Both the dolphins are there watching. Which is hilarious.
1: Little little weirdos.
0: Um, Steve sort of sees that on the monitor where they... The cameras that are on the dolphins. So Steve goes and... (laughs) um, While all of this is happening, pirates Mm -hmm. invade the ship. They board the ship. Right. Um, And they capture everyone. Uh, They... uh, they all get tied up, um, and basically, Steve, uh, Steve is taken, and Steve's, like, walked to different cabins to get people, and he's walked to Gene's cabin, and he, like, knocks on the door, and he's like, Gene, is Ned in there with you? Yeah. Um, and they're like, what, why, what's going on? He's he's like, you were supposed to be on watch! <laughs> he's like, oh my god, I'm, I'm so sorry. He's like, yeah, it doesn't matter, get out here, there's pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
1: Thanks for nothing.
0: And Steve says that they might all die, including her unborn child, which is yeah. what a great threat. Um, they take Steve up to the uh, to the deck. Everybody's sort of lined up and almost like on their knees with their faces against the wall. Everybody's got bags or something over their eyes. Um, the pirates want to take a hostage, mm-hmm. so Ned's in the back of their boat. Yep. Uh, he's been knocked out, and they're looking for a vault. It turns out that the bank guy mm-hmm. can speak their language. Right. So he's talking with them to try and find out what they want. They want a vault. Steve says, I don't have a vault. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to one of his old documentaries where he's like, and this is our vault where oh. we keep everything important. <laughs> okay. And then it cuts right back to the pirates have already found the vault itself. Yeah. So they're taking that. And because um, <laughs> so they've seen the documentaries before, which is the funny part. Right. And then they realize that if they want to take a hostage, they should probably take the person who can speak their language. So they take Ned off their boat, and they take the banker instead. And as Steve's sitting there, Steve just decides, I've got to do something. So he just kind of, like, meditates for a second, takes a moment, breaks out of his binds... Punches a pirate, steals his gun, and then single-handedly gun battles with the pirates. Yes. One of the interns gets, like, an axe or <laughs> yeah. machete to the shoulder. Yeah, But other than that, Steve kills one of the pirates. The rest of the pirates flee with the banker and the, the vault, right. the safe, whatever you want to call it, in tow. They, they get away. Um, but <laughs> he does say that the pirates were really bad at their job because they left their dog behind. Just this three-legged dog that they leave behind. Uh, and then they decide they got to bury the one pirate. Right. They're going to bury him at sea. Um, as they're going to bury this pirate, Jeff Goldblum's team shows up. Yeah. Uh, and Goldblum is trying to help them. Uh, by, like, towing their ship after all the damages and stuff that happened with the gun battle and whatnot. And, <laughs> but he's like, in order to tow you, you gotta, there's these payments, gas, this, the, my crew's hourly wages, all that sort of stuff. And Steve looks at it and he's like, this is more than my documentary costs. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Just sign it and we'll, we'll deal with it. I'll, I'll tow you there uh, for now. He also sees the dog, and he gets up at one point, Jeff Goldblum's character, gets up with a newspaper and whacks the dog and says, like, stop moving. Yeah. Like, relax. That made me mad. Good. Good. Um, we do see at this point uh, there's a sort of mutiny kind of in the works on the ship where the stripper is trying to tell people... Get people, like, on her side to be like, look, he's gone mad. He's really, like, into the revenge of this. We just got pirates and all this sort of stuff's happening. I don't want to be a part of this. Klaus is like, y'all are crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm out. Yeah. So Steve has everybody up on the deck. He draws a line on the deck, Mm -hmm. and he tells them, uh, if you want to leave, don't cross this line. But if you're with me, cross the line. Right. Uh, I Although I think he might say it in reverse, because Klaus stands up and Klaus crosses the line, and Steve goes, what are you doing? And he goes, I thought this was for me to be with you. And he's like, no. And he's like, okay, let me try that again then. Um, the stripper and the interns quit. They all decide to leave. Not worth it. Jean also decides to quit. She calls... Um, She basically is like completely done with everything. She calls. She says uh, like to her work, saying that she's done. She doesn't want to do the story. She's quitting. She's going to leave the ship. Um, She says goodbye to Ned. Um, He prepares her envelopes, uh, 50 envelopes that are already stamped and return addresses and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. on them. And with the letterhead that he has, Mm -hmm. he's like, I've included with each one three pieces of paper so you can write me Letters and keep me yeah. in the loop or whatever. And he's like, you could write me one right now if you yeah. wanted to. So
1: cute.
0: Um, Steve comes down and learns that she's leaving. Um, and scrapping the article. she He just straight up asks if she's sleeping with Ned. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, what? what is, that doesn't even <laughs> matter. What the hell? Um, they reach the port. He tells the interns that... They're all getting incompletes. He can't <laughs> He can't give them passing grades. He won't say that they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But he's giving them incompletes because they're not finishing right. the thing. Um, the port that they went to... Uh, he goes up to a house. And in the house is... Uh, Eleanor, his wife. And he a- asks her... If it would be possible for her... To ask her parents... To loan them money. Yeah. And she just says no.
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. No.
0: So Steve apologizes to her. They go inside. Um, They have a talk. He basically says he's not been having the best time lately. Mm -hmm. Um, And Steve walks in. uh, So they kind of have a little sort of heart to heart sort of discussion basically. Back on the ship. Steve walks back into Jean's cabin again. And catches Ned there again. He has a whole nother thing of being like, I told you, you can't be in somebody else's cabin, yeah. so stop. Um, Ned says uh, not to be... Well, he says not to be in the cabins together again. Um, she is staying to finish the story, and Steve admits to liking her. Yeah. Um, she says that he's too old, though. Um, and he says, well, you're pregnant. Yeah. So like, he's like, I thought I had a chance because yeah. you're pregnant. Yeah.
1: You're not one to be talking, lady. Yeah, beggars
0: can't be choosers. Beggars can't be choosers. Uh, Ned and Steve have a discussion um, where Steve is basically like, you heard me say uh, to not not mess with her. And he's like, you said that to Klaus. Like, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was fine. You said yeah. it to Klaus, not to me. Uh, we also learned that one of the interns stayed, uh, the one who got... Chopped with the, with the, the magete, machete in um, the pirate attack. It stayed. Uh, Steve then says this line to Ned. He says that pregnant slut's been playing us like <laughs> a cheap film.
1: <laughs> oh, a pregnant slut!
0: Pregnant slut's been playing us like a cheap film. It's hilarious. So Ned uh, s- punches Steve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or no, no, no. Steve punches Ned. And then Ned punches Steve back. Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of, you know, at each other's throats at this point. All because of a girl. Even though, again, Steve is married. Ish. It, it, it's mm-hmm. hard to really tell. I, I believe some, they are married, but they also just have this, like, I don't know, very weird relationship. Yeah. Um, they, don't,
1: they don't seem like a fun, happy married couple.
0: Yeah. We also learn at this point that Steve has known about Ned since he was born. Um, again, he just didn't want to be a father. Right. Uh, he also isn't actually sure if it is his or not. We don't We don't know. Um, Eleanor joins back. She does come back onto the boat, decides to return to help out. Um, Eleanor's parents are helping. She brought a bunch of money. Um, and... We also learn that the banker who was kidnapped, named Bill, called them at one point and left a very brief message. Basically, in it, he's just like, hey, this local kid is helping me, so I only have a really short time to call you. Um, and then the call ends. Cut Eleanor is shown to be extremely smart because at this point she goes, well, with the sound quality of that call and the fact that it was a payphone, it was probably from this... Chain of islands, and there's only three islands. But on this one island, used to be a, a nice hotel where a bunch of people would go all the time. So it's probably that's where they've got. It. Right. Um, and Steve's just like she always was the brains of this operation. <laughs> like, clearly. Yeah. Clearly,
1: she's the smart cookie.
0: Um, we also get this scene where Gene is sitting there and Eleanor is there. They're kind of at like a little bar kind mm-hmm. of thing, and Eleanor's like, you know. There's just one thing I can't figure out about Ned. Uh, and I'm, besides Steve, or, well, I guess she basically says Steve doesn't realize this about himself. Yeah. That nobody, including Steve, knows this. But she says, Steve shoots blanks. Like, Steve right. can't have children. So, I'm confused about the Ned thing. Right. Uh, like, Steve should know that, but apparently he doesn't.
1: Right. It's
0: a very, hmm, kind of moment. Yeah. Um, as they're going to these islands to try and get Bill back, the bank guy, they come across a, a wrecked ship. We only see, like, the nose of the ship, or whatever the front is called. Uh, the forward. The forward, which says Operation Hennessy. So Jeff Goldblum's ship has sunk. Right. We don't know what exactly happened, but it's sunk. Um. Right. Um, And also, it was around the Ping Islands, so basically where they're going. We then get this great shot that I really love, which is everybody's in their, like, Mm wetsuits. They've got, like, a harpoon gun. They've got their regular guns. They still have the cameraman. But they're all, like, storming this island together. It's almost like a really, like, a squadron rushing up, like, Bunker Hill or something in, like, a military film. And they go into this hotel and they're like checking it out it's pretty deserted everything's kind of dilapidated overgrown plants and Mm -hmm. stuff everywhere um they decide that they've got to split up into two teams and Steve is like okay me Ned this person we're A team Klaus blah 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 you're B team and Klaus is like he gets upset and Steve's like what's wrong he's like I'm tired of being B team he's like he's like you don't understand Esteban and I always thought of you as as, like, a younger brother. Yeah. You're the leader of B-Team. And he kind of peps up a little bit. He's like, I always thought of the two of you as my fathers. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he takes it uh. he's like, okay, I'll be the leader of... Uh, I'm the leader of B-Team. Let's yeah. go. They search this hotel. They go room to room, multiple floors. They find nothing. They, they decide, I guess we were wrong. We don't have enough gas to check either of the other islands. That sucks. Um, it's just empty. Just, they're not finding anything. Yeah. So they're ready to leave, and Ned and Steve sort of have this moment um, in, in sort of like this defeat that's happening basically, and Steve says you are my son to me.
1: Yeah.
0: To me. <laughs> so, maybe not biologically, but yeah. to me, you are my son. Yeah. Um, and he also lets him call... Uh, to go back to, like, the name thing. Like, maybe not Dad, but... What about Papa Steve? Yeah. You can call me Papa Steve Papa if you Steve. Want. Um, then as they're leaving... They brought the dog with them. And the dog barks. And they go over to this area and... They find Bill... Just by himself. In there. Uh, in a coat check. And as they're ready to leave again... They find a graveyard, a bunch of graves with hats and stuff, which is Jeff Goldblum's crew. We know that because we've saw them before. And then again, the dog is like barking at something, and they go and Steve goes over to see what it is, and it's just this. I don't know, big room like a like. A, where you'd maybe put on some sort of show or a convention or something, like, the, like a, a dealer's room. room or ballroom or whatever. And in there is all these pirates with a bunch of shit that they've got, playing like poker, and at the end of the table is Jeff Goldblum. And he turns and he's like, did you come to save me? <laughs> yeah. And then everybody just starts shooting. Again, Steve is single-handedly getting into a gunfight with these guys. Um, they shoot Jeff Goldblum in the shoulder. Ned and Klaus go in to help. Everyone's stay. Everybody else is staying out front, which is the best part. Is yeah. is uh, Ned's like Klaus, come on, bring the dynamite, and they rush into the building. The rest of the crew is just like sta- standing there, yeah. not moving, not reacting to anything, not trying to help or whatever. Next thing we see is just like this giant explosion from the front. Steve, Ned, Klaus, and and uh, uh, Hennessy, Jeff Goldblum's character escape. They're all rushing, running down the island. Um, they found the boat with the safe on it. They found the two boats that they used to board their ships earlier. One of the boats does have the safe on it. Mm-hmm. They check the safe. They open it. Uh, and they're like, ha they didn't get into the safe. When they open it, there's a giant hole in the back so they're like, yeah. damn, I guess they did get everything. They,
1: they did get in.
0: They blow up the other ship, or the other little boat. They take off. As they're leaving... They realize they forgot to get the dog. So the dog's just on the island, and they're like, goodbye.
1: Poor little guy.
0: We're, we're leaving you. Goodbye. Have a good life. Steve almost does shoot a kid on the island at one point, yeah. but Bill stops him and goes, no, that's the kid who helped me. He's literally just sitting on, like, a little log with a fire, roasting a crab. Yeah. Just just roasting a crab over, over an open fire. I don't know if that's... Just hanging out. I, mean, I guess that's what you would do if you... Yeah. Didn't have, like, pots and pans and stuff. That's what I would do. <laughs> um, Steve does want to go back to get the dog, but mm-hmm. everybody else just says no. Yeah. So he's like, okay, damn.
1: He liked that dog.
0: Yeah. Even though he had him for all of, like, yeah. ten minutes. Right. Um, Steve wants to go home. After this, he's just like, okay, you know, this is a close call, let's just whatever, let's finish this, let's leave. But Ned keeps him going. Ned's like, no, we're gonna do this. We're gonna come on, Papa Steve. Come on, on Papa Steve. This. Um Jane wrote a letter to Ned. She slides it under the door for him, so he's, you know, happy about that. Yeah. Um Ned puts together earlier on he asked if he could redesign the the insignia. Mm-hmm. Of the zsu team. Before it was just a single white Z. Like yeah. just regular Z. Nothing fancy. The redesign was. It's three Z's. Mm-hmm. The white one. And then like a darker blue and a lighter blue one. So it doesn't look much different. No. Or really all that much better. This should have been our first sign that Ned. While good intentioned. Right. Is not exactly an artist. Because the redesign again is not amazing it right. d- d- doesn't look that great really but we see at one point he's like designed this all-encompassing logo for the team we don't see it right away but he says you know there's the big z here for you steve there's this over here with a k which is for you klaus mm-hmm. there's this for that and whatever and they're like oh you should put an m on here for net he's like i, I did not want to impose but i mean i guess i could put one yeah. here um we see it later on it doesn't look great. No, I,
1: again he, again we we're seeing more of like his childlike, um, his childlike quality qualities. Yeah. Very very endearing, very innocent, very sheepish.
0: Um, he put Klaus on a dolphin. <laughs> yeah. And Klaus is so moved by that they've now seemed to have you know yeah. reconciled their differences and they've, they've kind of a- become become friends. Um. Steve uh, hands Ned oh at this point they've the radar system has come back up they've figured out a ping or no 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 sorry they, they've lost their radar system so they're not sure of like how can we find this the jaguar shark out here in the ocean he's somewhere around here we just don't really have a signal so we don't know and Ned's like well why don't we get up in the helicopter maybe if we're 1100 feet in the air we can we can see him if he's that big so, Steve and Ned get into the into the helicopter. And it was mentioned earlier, when they first wrote on it, Ned asked, has this been serviced? And Steve says, Klaus is supposed to do it every month or something. He's supposed to, like, look over every part of it. While they're flying, Steve gives Ned his letter. So, Steve actually had the letter that he had wrote to him. We find out that the question he asked him um, was do you wish you could breathe underwater? Um, mm-hmm. And Ned's like, I still wish I could breathe underwater. So cute. So as they're flying, they're, they hear a ding, and Steve's like, did you hear that? What was that? Uh, and he's like, oh, I, I don't know. Helicopter crashes into the water.
1: Let's circle back again on all of the things in the news lately. Let's, let's all avoid getting into janky-ass, jerry-rigged things with transportation.
0: Jerry Hitterig, things with transportation. Yes. Don't,
1: just don't do it. Just don't
0: do it. Steve gets up. He's like, Ned, Ned, where are you? He finds Ned kind of holding on to a raft. He takes the helmet off of Ned, and they have a little moment, and then Ned dies. Yeah. Steve carries Ned to shore. He, he swam him back. We don't really know how far he went, but he's, he brings him back to a shore somewhere. Mm-hmm. Tries to resuscitate him. Can't. Ned has died. Very sad. Um, They have a funeral for him. And during this funeral, some of his friends or colleagues from Air, Kentucky have flown out. They're all in their same suits, wearing their hats and everything. Um, They put a pilot's hat on top of his coffin. Mm -hmm. Um, Jean puts an envelope, uh, so a letter she wrote, into the coffin with him. And then they just dump the coffin into the sea. Yeah. I love the Air Canada, or Air Canada, Air Kentucky, went, went out for this funeral. Yeah,
1: they they had the ability to get there, so they, they took it. But um, in the, the, that scene with the chopper falling, I made a note of it. That really, just, I kind of jumped. Like, it. I was not expecting that, and it happened, and I, wrote, I literally wrote down, the chopper falling scared me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, we cut back to... Kind of everybody, sort of in mourning, kind of sitting around. Steve goes up to Eleanor and and says, "Um, Would you have considered adopting Ned? And she's like, Steve, he was 30. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I would have probably considered it. Yeah. So they would have maybe done it.
1: He's a grown man.
0: Um, Steve also talks to Jean, and he says that she is a good writer... And he realizes that uh, what she wrote about him for that article was true. Um, She did end up writing that article. It was a front pager. um, But it called him sort of like narcissistic and all these other things. And he's like, you know, it's harsh, but that's that's who I am. Um, So he's come to kind of a realization of like who he is as a person. Uh, During this, one of the crewmates, the team, does come back up and is saying... We did get the tracker back online. Mm-hmm. We also get, during this, Jeff Goldblum is there. <laughs> he walks up and to get a coffee and goes, Is this my coffee machine? <laughs> Even though it has his name literally on the side of it. Um, he does tell Steve at this point. Big reveal. Um, he does say something. They both have a conversation sort of about Eleanor and like, Oh, we never were good with our, you know, our, picking our wives or whatever. And, and Jeff goes, Well, I always just figured that is because I'm part gay. Yeah. I am half gay, so, and, and Steve's just like, oh. So it's like Steve was saying those comments the whole time, yeah. and he was true, yeah. but he was also he was kind of saying them in like a mean, malicious sort of way. But it does turn out his character is bisexual. Yeah,
1: it was a pretty um, funny look on his face, which is pretty funny. I like that he says kind of. Yeah,
0: kind of. Um, so they got the tracker back up so they can find where the shark is. It's just on the other side of the reef from where they are. And Steve's like, okay, who wants to go on a, a ride? They all pack into the submarine, mm. which, every time we've seen the submarine before, it looks really small. But they fit, like, ten characters into this thing. Like, everybody who's on that ship, which is Steve, Eleanor, Gene, Klaus, Bill, um, the rest of the crew, who, uh, who I don't really remember all their names, but just the general rest of the crew the single intern everybody who's still alive at this point is there um and they they take this ride in the yellow submarine we see a lot of colorful fish life out the windows of the subs a bunch of different stuff we learn that steve is tied to the back of the sub as like bait to try and get the shark out yeah a uh what was it called a rhyme a rhinestone bluefin tuna. It's literally just a bluefin tuna, but it's got rhinestones all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very sparkly looking. Um, as they're driving, they see the school of those pink neon fish, and Steve realizes that that's a good sign. It means yeah. that he's close by. So he stops the sub, turns the lights off, and they're all just kind of sitting there in anticipation. Anticipation. Gotta say it like a Frankenfurter from uh,
1: Rocky, Horror Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: And <laughs> yeah. That's a good line. Um, as they're sitting there, we see a light off in the distance, kind of coming closer to them, slowly, 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 closer and closer. And it's the shark. Mm-hmm. Everyone now realizes it is, in fact, real. It is massive. It is spotted, sort of like a jaguar would be. Um, the It's got the tracking dart in it blinking away. The thing is like twice the size of their sub. Right. Like, it is huge. Massive. So it probably could have swallowed Esteban whole. Mm-hmm. But unlike Max, who swallows things whole. <laughs> yes, he does. The jaguar shark chewed, <laughs> apparently. Um, everybody sees the shark. It's kind of a... a Majestic kind of moment. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, "Wow, it's so it's beautiful." They're in awe. Um, We do get this one moment where Steve kind of contemplates to himself, "I wonder if it remembers me," Mm -hmm. Um, and then he starts to cry because he's, you know, the journey that he's taken from the beginning of this movie, where everything was it was anger and revenge Mm -hmm. for killing Esteban through the relationships he built with Ned and Gene and everything during the course of this have kind of changed him to where even though the bank did not want him to kill the thing um, he's self-reflected a little bit with like the news article realizing that he is kind of narcissistic and brash and and, you know not a great person and then through his dealings with Ned has become softer Mm -hmm. I suppose and now instead of looking at the creature with anger he just wonders if it, that pivotal moment if the creature remembers who he was yeah and then he finally grieves over Esteban over the loss crying
1: cuz i feel i feel like up until this point even though he said like you know we're not going to kill it or whatever i felt like he was still intending to do that no matter what anybody right. said so like sure i won't kill it i'm totally going to kill it <laughs> Uh, kind of like a, uh, what's that saying? Better to ask for forgiveness than for permission.
0: Yeah, yeah. I felt like that was the way that he was going about it. Right, and that if they would have found it earlier, that's probably how he would have. Um, the shark swims away. They all leave. We then cut to another film premiere. The documentary has been finished. Part two. Um, we see that Jean has had her baby. And we also see in like, these balcony seats that where Eleanor's sitting and Klaus and stuff, there's an empty chair. Steve's not there. Yeah. Um, Steve's outside just kind of having a smoke, sitting alone. Um, Klaus's nephew comes out at one point, and Steve gives him the Zisu Society ring yeah. that Ned had, gives it to Klaus's nephew. And the movie ends and we hear in the auditorium just an eruption of of applause and cheers and stuff it's like they've you know they've come back yeah it's a success again
1: massive success and
0: steve just picks up klaus's nephew on his shoulders starts walking down the stairs with the crowd of people behind him um he's no longer he's not asking if people liked it mm-hmm. or, or anything like he's kind of moved past Again, it's kind of the narcissism and stuff that he had in the beginning, where he did care like, did people like it? What yeah. did people think? He Wa-
1: he wanted that validation. Yeah,
0: he's not even watching it mm-hmm. anymore. He he reached the goal that he set out to, and kind of became a better person. And then while they're walking off, the movie ends.
1: Yeah. Seeing seeing him kind of realize and self reflect is. Just, Uh, so perfectly well done by Bill Murray. It's the way that he can be so funny and awkward, but then you get these heartwarming moments. I just, he was so, so perfect for this role. Yeah. So perfect.
0: Yeah. So this was uh, undoubtedly the first Wes Anderson movie I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a couple earlier ones uh, I haven't seen, but... We do own them from the Criterion Collection that we'll watch at some point. But this one is one that I uh, always mention to people. that I, This is one I understand there's a lot of like mixed feelings on it. A lot of people, it's not one of their higher ones. But it's a little biased, and I yeah. realize that because it was the first one I saw. Uh, and Wes Anderson has this very unique style that nobody else is doing, and and you can tell a Wes Anderson movie just by looking at it. Mm-hmm. And then also knowing that it was co-wrote by Noah Baumbach, who right. I also love his work too, it makes a lot more sense. And then that the animation. This yeah. one just clicks so much more for me. Yeah. Um. So I I love this movie.
1: Yeah, I feel like between them and the. The animation person that did... Henry Selick. Henry Selick. I think those just, like, ticked off so many boxes for you. Like, mm-hmm. perfect little storm of creativity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so this is... I. If you've never seen it, watch the movie. Give it a watch. You might just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen it before and maybe you weren't that high on it, give it another watch. I think... I, I It's a good movie. And I think people just, you know... I understand in, like, 2004 uh, when this came out that, you know, like, who was Wes Anderson? What did he have before this? Like, Bottle Rocket and Rushmore or whatever? Like, even lesser known movies of his? Sure. So, but this was, like, this is a big one. And this, you can see a lot of stuff that, if you love in his other movies, it's all here in this movie. It's all here in this movie. Um, You also do got to realize that it is a spoof sort of movie. It is a parody of Jacques Cousteau. That's that's what the character is. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun, quick-witted dialogue, back and forth, snappy things that maybe you won't catch the first time. Mm. Really great lines where it's like, don't be mean to me. I just wanted to flirt with you. So cute. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's it's a lot of fun. And there's just some weird, quirky stuff in it that, like, the dolphins are weird and they're yeah. just fun. Um, uh, Hennessy, Jeff Goldblum, they didn't have dolphins. They had sea turtles. We see one of the sea turtles with the flashlight on its head at one that point. Was hilarious. The orca is just there because whatever. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun movie.
1: I really, I really wish that I had seen it sooner. I'm, I'm disappointed that it, it took me this long to see it, but because I absolutely adore it. I could definitely see myself putting, like, if I. Say I've got nothing to watch. I could definitely see myself putting that on, you know, while I do laundry or something. It's got such, like you said, just really quick-witted humor. Every single time Bill Murray's character says something under his breath, it just tickles me. And it's, it's got so much heart to it. Yeah. Outside of just being visually awesome, it's it was a really, really, really good movie. And yeah, like you said, if you watched it the first time around and you did you didn't care for it, I'm a very big and firm believer in giving a movie another shot. I've said so many times before I I watched a movie, hated it, and then watched it again and then I loved it. Yeah. So yeah, I rec- I recommend it as well. Very, very good good movie.
0: Okay. Well that those were that's the Life Aquatic with Steve Zisu. Um, her first time watching it, my i don't know third or fourth time probably seeing it um but the first time in easily 10 plus years that yeah. i've watched it so uh, give it a sh- give it a watch go out and watch it again yeah. it's available through criterion if you're a criterion collector there you go pick that up um or i don't know it might be streaming somewhere i'm sure it's yeah. probably on amazon or something rentable it came out in 2004 20 years ago basically so um thanks for listening Thank you. Uh, you can follow if you're wherever you're listening to this. If you can give ratings and stuff, give give it a, give us a rating, mm-hmm. leave us comments, thumbs up, whatever you can do. Very appreciated. Uh, very helpful for us. And yeah. yeah, you can find us all over the place. All the podcast listening places, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, mm-hmm. YouTube, uh, or you can find us over on Twitch Friday nights where we review. Whatever movie we go and see that week. Yeah. And just talk and have a good time. Yeah.
1: It's a fun time. Get to hang out with everybody and talk movies. Oh, and stay away from the ocean. That's <laughs> the that's, ending. That's, that's the takeaway. Take, that's the take, take right.
0: away. Stay away from the ocean. <laughs> stay
1: away from the ocean.
0: <laughs> don't get in subs. Don't nope. go by sharks. Nope. Orcas might fuck you up. Yep. Just stay away from the water. Just stay away. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.